Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me, Mr. Daniel Ornelas. What's up, man? Jason, man, how's it going? It's going. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> it's, it it's always is. starts off with like, it's going great. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Still alive. <laughs> Still alive. Yeah, it's, it's interesting times, man. It's interesting times. I know. I just, I need a haircut so bad. Just so bad. Bro, I sheared my hair in without a mirror. I just took my shavers outside and clipped the sides. I just went. Row. I know. Are you are you in full mullet mode now? No, I took the mullet off at the back. Oh, good work. <laughs> did, did you do that or did somebody do it for you? No, I did it. I grabbed my clippers, literally set it on a three clipping, and just went. Wow! I held my top hair down and just. Dude, take mowed off your it. hat. Let's see how we're looking. Looks great. <laughs> looking great. You know. There, it's there and thereabouts. <laughs> Close enough. It, it, it needs some work. Right now, my my the hair around my ears has overgrown the side, like what would normally be like a sideburn. It's like I'm almost like I'm working on my like Jew, my like Hasidic Jewish curls. <laughs> like oh, well, like, you're looking like the, the guy from the Beatles. The <laughs> when, they, when the Beatles were in their full throat. There you go. <laughs> I wish I was that talented. <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> cool man well uh hey what's happening this week well this week we actually um you know it's funny there's it's it's interesting in the in the place that we're at you would think that interviews would be easier because everyone is at home but that means that you're dealing directly with artists rather than their rather than the PR yeah their management and PR people and and when you go to a manager and they say yeah you we, or when they go really when they come to you and say hey I want to get my artist on there and you say yes they make it all happen and it all goes great. And then, uh, but the way that, the way that it's been going a little lately, it's been a little, a little more scattered. I'll say. <laughs> you so, think you're dealing with artists. Right. Well, you know, and I've got, I got a couple lined up, but getting them to actually show up at a time that they, that works for them is a little bit more challenging, which I, I totally get. I mean, I think we're all kind of just making it right now. So I don't fault anybody at all. But um, yeah, but it feels like we're making our own bad habits though. Like when when Sam says to me, you know, my wife wants to talk about something like businessy at nighttime after I already got home from work, and I'm like, no, no, this is the time I watch Netflix. Sorry, <laughs> and so I've developed these habits of like you're getting quite into your own ways. You get set into your own time frames being used for certain things because you don't. We don't go out anymore. We don't go see people. We don't have people over. So now I'm now I'm set into like Netflix mode where the, that's my Netflix time. <laughs> yeah, but 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 think about it though. When the when the world opens up again, do you think you're gonna still be like, oh, I just want Netflix time, or are you gonna just be like, get me out of here? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> but the other day, I, I did see a friend of mine in the evening. It, it just we we did like massive social distancing, and we got like sat across a fire pit from each other. And about two hours into it, I was like, man, I wish I was watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's surprising because you're such you're such an extrovert. I know. Maybe I've discovered my inner introvert. Maybe. <laughs> I think you know. I think it's some of that, but I think I think because I've been the same way. I think just the lack of certainty, like in every day, you know, in you know when it when are my kids going to interrupt me? When are, you know, like just it's all of a yeah. sudden you know I'm doing this Facebook Live thing today. And it's like, I can hear one of my kids losing it over their homework with my wife. And it's like, everything inside me is like, get your daddy voice on and go 
tick up and take care of it. But that's always in the back of my my mind, right? Like it's just, yeah. I just never get to go, all right, I got like eight hours right now to just pound out work. Like, yeah. and I missed that. <laughs> I missed yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So by the time dinner time rolls around, I'm just like, yeah, in the same way. I mean, we watch Lost, you watch Netflix. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's madness. Well, today, yep. all that to say is today we are actually, like I said, this this actually kind of snuck up on me. I'll be honest. You know, we try and get the podcast out on Wednesdays, and uh, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need to I need to do this. So um, so, so I, what did you do? So I I was like, you know what? I just had a great Facebook Live little time, answered a bunch of questions, and I thought, you know what? Maybe that's our interview for today. That sounds fun. It sounds like a good change. Yeah. So, you know, something a little different. I don't want to talk too much because you're about to hear my voice a bunch. Keep in mind, I am talking to people that I'm reading their stuff. So there's kind of little in interjections there, here and there, because there's a bunch of people on. Um, but we went, we hit a lot of great questions. We talked about, um, you know, choosing songs and, and does the denomination that a church is like affect if you choose that song. Um, we also talked about making a worship team, like kind of what to look for as a as a worship leader who's looking for someone as well as what to be as a worship musician talked a little bit about gear we talked a little bit about working on on speeding up your picking just i did kind of a little demonstration of how that works i've just a lot of people are like struggle with getting fully up to speed on things and so we just kind of demonstrated okay this is how you do it and i think uh, i think that was that was helpful so i think there's a lot of good stuff in there but i really want to shut up now because i've heard enough of my voice today it is I run a website. Why Why can't I figure out how to use Facebook Live? Ah, okay. What's up, Keith? What's up, Joseph? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for letting me know. I was talking in silence. That's super cool. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, uh, well, let's just start over again because uh, that was kind of crazy. You know, I asked you guys for, uh, for comments and for topics and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I said, hey, you can comment uh, on, uh, <laughs> thanks, Joseph. Um, I, I said, hey, you know, you can comment on this post and I'll go through and answer. And then uh, when I started the live video, all the comments disappeared. Fortunately, I read them in advance. And so I remember most of them. So here we go. Now it's happening. Okay, so uh, let's start off, uh, I, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember the names of, I remember there are a number of B's in the names, but that's the best I got. Um, but uh, one of the questions was about, um, about theology, kind of how you pick songs. Uh, this uh, member specifically said that their pastor doesn't like to use songs by Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel, you know, Jesus Culture, whatever, just because... Um, because he doesn't agree with the overall philosophy or overall theology of, of those churches, and he doesn't want to put money in their pocket. Um, and so I can't really tell you necessarily how to... Uh, <laughs> it's not a keytar, Matt. It's a MIDI keyboard, which... No, you didn't sell it to me. I bought it on Craigslist, but I think you told me where it was. <laughs> anyway, um, anybody have a keytar? That'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, so the issue is that like, Hey, I don't necessarily agree with these churches views about certain things and therefore I don't want to use their songs at all. Uh, 
And I can't, you know, obviously I can't speak for your church and I can't speak for your pastor. What I can do is tell you uh, how we look at it at Worship Artistry because, um, you know, like not every song on Worship Artistry is my favorite song. I I choose songs that I do at my church uh, and I choose ones that I'm not going to do. And it can be for a lot of reasons. It might just be because, you know, usually it's because of language. It's usually just kind of like, these guys uh, are not speaking in a language, um, you know, using a particular vernacular or whatever that we use up here in the Pacific Northwest. And so I want to put things that like fit my community, fit the words that we say, fit the things that the the way that we speak about things. I want to write songs that do that. I want to use songs that do that. And so, uh, the, unfortunately, kind of the more generic they are, sometimes the more able I am to use them. Um, but anyway, uh, when we look at songs for worship artistry, we just look at the content of the lyrics. We do listen. We don't just you know say okay, this song is big. Let's go ahead and do it. We listen to everyone. There's been a few times I've misheard a lyric, and normally Bethany sits right there, and she'll hear me sitting there working on a song, and all of a sudden I'll, I'll be like, wait, did they just say this? And I'll step back, and then we both go find the lyrics, and it's like, oh, no, I misheard it, which is an issue with live records because they're often really reverby, and it sometimes can be really hard to – sometimes I have to do a little research, which is probably why sometimes there are a few chord charts that uh, maybe don't have the right lyrics on them every time. You let us know about them, we fix them. But anyway, um, so we really do listen to the lyrics. Uh, but we have to do it based on song because I can go into any church in America right now and I could probably disagree with something in in the doctrine maybe of that church. I mean, we have how many millions of denominations, probably not millions, but we've got a lot of them. And uh, so there's always things that we're going to disagree on, maybe things that we don't feel right about. But lyrically, uh, to me, a song has to stand on its own. I can't do research on every denomination and make sure I agree with everything they say. Um, I also understand the idea of like, hey, I don't want to put money in their pocket. Uh, There was a particular song. It's actually a really good song. It was, it was written, um, it was co-written by a number of people, and one of the people on there had just kind of come out uh, in, a, in, a, in a bit of a scandal, and I made the decision at that time, you know what, I just, I don't feel right about doing this song, it's a good song, I really like the song, but I don't want to put money in that guy's pocket. I totally understand that. Um, at the same time, you know, my not doing that song might have cost him 10 bucks or something, you know? Um, maybe more, because we'd be teaching it or whatever. But uh, yeah, in general, it's, uh, I don't know if that's like the greatest reason. So the question is, is do you have a song that you think will connect with your congregation? Your pastor has to be okay with it. That's important. I'm always talking with my pastor about songs. That's not unusual at all. Um, so I think... I think as long as the song works and as long as it connects with your community, that's where you have to look at them. Um, hope that uh, hope that answers that question uh, to the best of my ability. I'm not a theologian, so you know I can only do so much. Um, okay, I have to remember other other topics. Um, 
Somebody asked if I found the if I had found the knobs on my on my Telecaster. They're around here somewhere. I just got tired of screwing them back on, so I just left them off. I always keep that volume cranked at ten anyway. What's the? I don't even know why it has less than numbers. You know, I don't know why it has one through nine. Just keep it dimed. Um, so yeah, so there was that question. I do remember somebody asked how you get biceps like mine. Uh, I did notice they used an older picture. So I was younger and more fit at that time. Uh, I'm hoping to figure out how to get those back also uh, post-shoulder surgery. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, I would trade the biceps in for a longer torso though, I think. I, I wouldn't mind being a few inches taller. That'd be nice. Um, what else was there? There was a question. Oh, man, I'm blanking. It really bums me out that that was gone. <laughs> Let's see, less than 10 because AC 30. Oh yeah, that's true, that's a good point. Um, oh, somebody did, they were at, somebody asked about, uh, about pedals, um, about just kind of pedal boards and in and, and general like beginner, beginner kind of questions. Uh, if you do have beginner questions about pedal stuff, uh, make sure you hit Foundations of Good Tone lesson in the at the bottom of your guitar page. On, on Worship Artistry, I do a whole lesson on kind of like what are the key things. So I'll, I'll say this about, about guitar tone in general. Your main tone comes from your guitar, your amp, and, the, and your fingers, the way you play. Uh, me and, you see Matthew Bergsman is on here. Uh, we always goof around because he has a you know, guitar set up in his office when I pop by and uh, he's our web developer. And so, you know, I'll pick up his guitar while he's talking to me because I, to be honest, guys, I don't understand half of what he says anyway. Most of it is a lot of technical code jargon. So I'll pick up the guitar and I'll start playing it a little bit. And, you know, a lot of times his, his uh, comment is, wow, I guess the tone really is in the fingers. Um, so your finger tone matters. Um, that's the way you approach the guitar, how you fret notes, the dynamics with which you're picking. Um, your amp is a huge effector of the way that your guitar stuff sounds. And then, and then effect wise, uh, you know, really here's what, here's what you need. You need a, uh, a tuning, you need a tuning pedal. That's really important. One that mutes your signal when you hit it. Um, an overdrive or a boost. Hey Tom, you're welcome, man. Uh, an overdrive or a boost, something to give you Extra drive. Now, it's nice to be able to gain stage. I do that in a number of the lessons on Worship Artistry because I am usually covering multiple guitars. So being able to kind of jump between different levels of gain is really nice. I use that uh, E89 by Westminster Effects, which I, which I love. The thing is, sounds great. Um, and then usually like a delay or a reverb or a combination of the two. I went for years with an overdrive pedal and a, uh, a Boss... DD3 digital delay. No tap tempo or nothing. I had the same, I had my, my effect level set at 10 o'clock and my feedback set at two o'clock and I had it set on like the, the longest delay or whatever that was on and that worked for everything. It sounded great. Um, so those are kind of the basic things that you need and it can be kind of overwhelming. So like I said, the biggest things that you need to look at are your guitar, and your amp. And if you don't have an amp, if you're gonna use some kind of modeler or something like that, um, you know, stuff by line six, 
Uh, I'm blanking on the other names. You guys, if you go to the guitar group, everybody has all their thoughts about about uh, effects. And so I love to just kind of let those feeds go. Um, if you're buying stomp boxes, one general rule that I have is buy something that inspires you. You know, there are there are overdrives and then there are clones of overdrives and there's clones of clones of overdrives. There's a million things out there. They are totally fine. Um, they will all work. It's a question of how does it make you play? Is it musical? Do you want to kind of take it on? Um, that's kind of a good spot. Oh, Brian. Hey, here we go. Yes. Brian had one of the questions. Um, Yes, could we just discuss making the move from playing at home to playing in a band? That was the other question I was trying to remember. Uh, how to prepare, what to expect, either from the perspective of an aspiring band member looking from the outside or a worship leader trying to find new band members. Um, I love talking about this because this has been, I've been on both sides of it. Uh, I've been the dumb kid who's just trying to figure out how to make the team and doesn't know anything. And then I've also been the, you know, the, the guy on the team that's just judging the guitar players all the way to I'm the guy that makes the, the final choices. And, um, and so I can give you kind of a, a few uh, kind of overarching blanket rules. Um, playing at home, even when you're using like our, our, you know, you use our music video and play along with the loops and everything else, playing at home, it just gives you a different input level in the band. Sometimes you sit at home and you're playing and you're like, that sounds great. And then you go and you play it with a band and the room isn't right or the mix isn't right or whatever it is. And it can just kind of throw you off. And if you're not confident in what you're playing, it'll, it'll do that even more so. Um, so a couple things to think about when you're wanting to transition from playing at home into playing in a band setting. Uh, one is Timing is so important uh, in terms of like your, your rhythm, your tempo, your strumming, your changes, all those things that you, so, sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll sit there and you'll play and you'll be like, yeah, that sounded great. Um, and then you go and listen back to it and it doesn't sound so great. Um, so one thing that you can do to kind of check yourself before you're like, hey, I'm going to go join the band is to, is to spend some time... Um, is to spend some time like recording yourself playing along with things because you'll notice if you're really locked in or not. Sometimes you're concentrating so hard and you're hitting all the notes and everything feels right, but then you can go listen back and go, man, that just, yeah, I was a little behind there. I was speeding up there. And you don't want to be so critical of yourself that you're like, that wasn't a professional recording. But you do want to be able to critique yourself and recognize, hey, am I, am I there yet? Um, and sometimes we are, and sometimes we're not. And so, um, that's, that's why we have all those practice loops. That's why we have the, the play along. That's why we don't put the metronome with the song play along. I don't know if you noticed that, um, you know, in our music video and in our play along videos, we don't have the metronome like we do in the loops because some of us have the benefit of getting to have a metronome going in our in-ear when we're playing live. And a lot of us don't. Um, I prefer not to play with metronome. I, I don't mind if the drummer has a metronome. I like that to be the case. Um, but I like to be able to know that I can lock in under any circumstance. And so being able to practice in that way is hugely helpful. Um, uh, 
when you are making the move to trying out, uh, here are a couple things that I look for and that really more than even skill level or talent level, I look at these things first. Uh, humility. Humility is so is the most attractive trait in anyone that is trying out for my worship team. Uh, if if they come in and they and they and they want to show me like, hey, dude, check out all these riffs I know, and you know, half the time they're trying to show me that they're better than me or whatever. That's that's not that's not what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for somebody who's going to come in and be a servant that wants to serve the congregation, that wants to serve the team. That is totally okay with if I say, hey man, you know what? Honestly, we don't really need a guitar player right now, but why don't you run sound for us for a while? Their answer should just a hundred percent. They should 100% be like, yes, I'd love to do that. That's the kind of person I'm looking for. And so um, humility in your heart and knowing how to project that, uh, which should come pretty naturally if you have it in your heart. But uh, at the same time, um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like like here's a few things that project that. Like if you're kind of quiet, um, <laughs> if you're yeah, if you're kind of quiet. Uh, that's helpful if you don't play in between stuff. If you play when you are asked to play and you are quiet and silent when you're not. So if a guitar player sits there and noodles over everything while the sound guy is trying to talk or while I'm trying to talk or while the band is trying to work on something and it maybe doesn't necessarily include them and they're just sitting there, you know, just Tommy tube toning it up, um, that's already a, a thing that I've looked at and gone, you know, I don't know if this guy's the right fit. And sometimes those things, it just takes a comment like, hey, can you can you please stop with that? You don't have to be rude about it, but it's also good to have a little bit of authority and, and show a little bit of firmness. Like, hey, that's not what we're looking for. Um, so being quiet, being patient, um, deferring to other players, being willing to ask questions. I think... Um, Sometimes we feel like when we're auditioning for things, we want to walk in and like have all the answers. And really, you're new. You're the new kid on the block. I don't care how good you are at your instrument. You're the new kid on the block. And so coming in and asking questions, asking about the culture, hey, are you looking for more of like an overdriven tone on this? Or do you want me to kind of, I mean, do you want me to wait to play it for, till the chorus? Do you want me to, what, do you, what would you like to see from me? And kind of giving them some options Let's me know that you're thinking about music in the right way and that you're thinking about, once again, how you can serve the band and how you can fit in and be in that place. Um, so that's, that is a, a huge thing to look for. I've actually, I have, uh, I infamously suggested that Michael Gunger shouldn't play on our worship team in college because he noodled too much. <laughs> yeah. He did. He he's done quite well for himself, though. Um, he did. I don't know how he's doing now. Um, but uh, yeah. So those are some things I look for. It's more about attitude. It's more about willing to learn. And it's about like, is this somebody that I want to hang out with? Like your worship team is kind of like your group of friends, right? Like you hopefully have a good relationship with anybody. And if I'm if I'm willing to hang out with you, I'm willing to work through other stuff. If you you seem like somebody that I really want to hang out with. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Tom, what kind of, what Matthew West songs are you looking for? You got anything in particular you, you want to hear? 
Um, you can give me that. Um, Joseph, yes, there are going to be vocal 101 lessons. This has been like literally the worst. <laughs> like this quarantine, when it comes to vocal lessons, couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh, Shelby's got three little kids at home. And so trying to manage that, her husband's still working full time. Um, and then not being able to bring in a bunch of babysitters and everything is is rather difficult. But yes, there will be one-on-one lessons. We're actually trying to work on some actual like tracks so that they'll have some like really basic stuff, but then we'll also hopefully have some like, hey, you don't know how to sing, starting from here, where do we go? That sort of a thing. Speaking of singing, that was one of the other questions. Somebody asked the question, Brian, it might've been you, um, about, about harmonizing, about like, uh, and, it, and, and the question resonated a lot with me because I am terrible at harmony. I cannot hear it to save my life. I have always just sung along with the lead melody. Um, even when I was doing background vocals in, uh, in my old band, I would still need the lead singer to like tell me what to sing. You know, I can usually find the first three or four notes and then I just crash and burn. So that's a, that's a bad scene. So, um, but what I have found, and this has been really cool, is that with, vocal, with the vocal tutorials, I think just learning parts, the way that they're done on records, so taking learning Shelby's parts and what she's adding there, helps you develop what that should sound like. Um, there are... Uh, so, so yeah, so it's like if you, if you learn the part and then you say like, hey, you know, I'm going to try and always learn the low harmony because we try and break things up into three-part harmony. She, do, she does mostly three-part. Every once in a while she does two. She's just like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work in this style of song. We leave that up to her. She gets to make that decision. Um, but uh, just sitting and focusing on a specific part, like I had, um, what was it? We were doing uh, Love and Love Alone at my church. And uh, that's an all sons and daughters song. We have that on the website. Uh, the 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 um, it's like a it's all female led, and so I like to let that be female led at, at my church as well. And so I was able to sit there and listen specifically to that part. And it does some jumps, and you know, all sons and daughters they would they used to would do a lot of different harmonies and that sort of thing um, that are maybe outside the norm. It's a little more creative. And I love singing harmony on that song because I'm confident in the part. I know the part. And if I know the part and I've listened to that and worked on it, you know, with Shelby's lessons, you can listen to the loops by themselves along with the piano. Start there, then try and bring it into the music video where you're jumping between the different parts and you can practice along with, with the other two, you know, however you want to go about doing it. And so... Um, that I think is, a, is, is an amazing tool. And so if you're wanting to work on harmonies, I think the best thing you can actually do is work on singing harmony and learning specific parts, um, just like you would if you were in a choir or anything else. Um, there's that one. Um, let me get to a couple more. I did get a couple email questions, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, one came from Charlene Ralph, and she answered her own question, but I'm going to bring it in here anyway because I thought what she said is really good. Um, she said, uh, 
let me preface this with my problem. This is Charlene. She said, I'm slow, not like that, just playing 16th notes. Like I'm learning the bass part for Lion and the Lamb. I know that doesn't necessarily fit under a guitarist group, but I play lead guitar too. And the verses are 16ths at 90 BPM. Daniel teaches it using a pick, but I'm still not fast enough. And then also on lead with the same song, the lead part uh, where there are 16ths. Not fast enough there either, and I know that the speed comes with practice, but is there any real specific way to practice to increase my speed? I know that the Marines say slow is smooth and smooth is fast, but I don't think that works here. Maybe though. Anyway, that's my suggestion, how to get faster. Um, I love that. Uh, Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I think that is um, a really good line when it comes to developing speed, Um, especially pick speed and that sort of thing. I am uh, I'm a little sloppy right now on my speed picking because I haven't really done very much lately. Um, but when I was doing the the Miraculum lesson for Lincoln Brewster's Miraculum, which, oh my gosh, guys, that was like the worst six weeks of my life. Uh, <laughs> that, that was such a challenge. There was an awesome challenge, but a challenge nonetheless. Um, there, was a, there was a few passages in there that I was like, I'm 99% sure he's picking this. He's not just doing hammer-ons and pull-offs. And I really wanted to try and learn. I was like, okay, I'll dedicate some time. I'm just going to try and get better at this. I'm going to try and get up to speed with speed picking. And uh, I watched a million different YouTube videos. And uh, and they, they're really, I mean, they're, they're really helpful. A lot of people have a lot of different things. But what I noticed was there was a way to speed up. And it was, A, it was working with a metronome. And it was working on the specific part that I was doing. But the difference was I wasn't just trying to crush speed with the metronome. I would find a spot that I was actually really comfortable in. So um, let's see see if I can even just do it right now. So uh, let's see. What kind of metronome apps do you guys use? I'm I'm a pro metronome app guy myself. It most closely replicates my... Uh, my, my boss, Dr. Beat, that I've got. Downstairs. Okay, so let's say if I had a... If I'm starting to work on this, I'm going to pick a spot that's really comfortable for me. This is 80 beats per minute. I don't even have to think about it. I can sit here and babble while I'm also trying to play, right? Um, and I'm going to stay there for a while. And I'm not, because I don't want to just get the sense of, of yes, I'm playing this and I'm, and, you know, and I'm almost there. I want to get the sense of how it feels to be really comfortable right at the beginning of my practice. So that's my shoulders are relaxed. I'm keeping, uh, like my face is relaxed. I know I am, <laughs> I know that I am, uh, that I've been working really hard at something if I wake up the next morning and my jaw is sore. Because I'll just sit there and like lock it while I'm working on stuff. Um, so I don't want to do that. So I want to just keep a nice, simple, like following that 80 beats per minute. Once I'm comfortable with that, once I'm like right there, um, just bump up a little bit. Still really comfortable for me. This is a hundred beats per minute. And I'm listening for like, okay, how do I... I want all those notes to still stand out. I'm really kind of focusing on the metronome rather than my playing. So I'm, I'm locking my ear onto that beat and I'm not caring so much about how it all sounds with my individual notes, right? 
because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that rhythm. Um, what I find is as you start kind of pushing that further and further, uh, you'll kind of hit a spot. I don't know where my spot would be here. Let's try 140. Let's see. See, that's a little sloppy for me at 140, so I'm going to drop it back to 130. See, now I can feel that. I can hang in there, but I do feel that my jaw is a little tight while I'm doing it. And so what I would do is I would just stay there until everything starts kind of loosening up. And it'll happen. If you sit there for a couple minutes just trying to do the same thing, listening to that beat as you're playing it, eventually you'll feel your body start kind of resting. You'll just feel it start coming down. Your mind will start wandering. That's a big key that you're like, okay, you're where you're supposed to be. As long as your mind is wandering and then you come back to, to your timing and you're like, no, I'm still, I'm still right in time. That's the place you want to be. And then as you go from there, that's when you go, okay, now let's move into this thing. So that smooth, that you know, starting slow, playing smooth, and then that going fast will also help you. Same thing with, um, with that picking, same idea. Also applies to just the general economy of picking. A lot of people try and ask a lot of questions. Like I was looking at a million different videos on how to pick faster, and everybody had all their different ideas. But the one thing that generally was pretty true was it was just like, hey, more economical picking. So I can sit there and do this, where I'm kind of like moving a lot of my arm, or I can relax. And if I find myself not relaxing and making bigger motions, then I need to like stop and get back into, this, into that same spot. So I don't know what speed that is. See, I'm having a really cut. See, then I start tightening up. So it's really not at the right spot it needs to be. Probably would have been easier to do this on an electric guitar. <laughs> okay, that's a good spot. That's a, I'm at 114 right there. Because a lot of it is just building your muscle. And just like if you're working out or anything else that you do in life, you repeat it you kind of keep pushing yourself a little bit more and you get better. I think sometimes with music, we think that there's some kind of magic cure to uh, or like, oh, if I just do this, or if I just use this pick, or if I put a compressor on it, or if I just turn the pick this way, or if I just make these little adjustments, that that's going to make a huge difference. And truthfully, most of those things help you later when you're already pretty good at something and then you're just making small tweaks. So when you're first trying to build up speed, when you're first trying to get there, just pick something and keep working on it. Keep checking it, keep checking it, keep going. And then do it, you know, if you were, for example, if you were trying to go fast, I obviously, you're talking about bass, Charlene, and I'm talking about sitting there picking out my high string, but same idea, you know. That should be something that actually just should flow from you. So um, that's how I would approach speed. Um, and just trying to get locked in, just be patient. Some things, when it comes to muscle memory, there are just some things that uh, it just takes time. Time and patience. So anyway, guys, Keith, Tom, Joseph, Matthew, Brian, 
and everybody else who commented. Thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with me. I'm looking forward to um, putting up some more stuff. See ya. Man, that was just like a bunch of member mails. I think we should just call it for the day. What do you think? Well, and you did say hit it going into the interview. I should have I just did, put, so. I should have just put member mail music in the in the whole thing. Just <laughs> the whole thing was one member mail. <laughs> Half hour loop. <laughs> Amazing. But we we would have missed your Very voice. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think we can call it. Hey, we actually do need some more member mail questions. Those were all great questions there, but um, would love it if you guys would shoot us an email support at worshipartistry.com. Um, you can either ask questions or honestly, if you just want to comment on a topic or something that we've been talking about, it'd be great to have that as well. We'd love to read what you have to say. So, um, guys, check out Worship Artistry. We actually extended our our free account, so that's going to go through now until May fifteenth before we go back to putting everything behind the paywall. So um, if you want to still still check that out, check out worshipartistry.com slash join, and you can get in there free until May 15th. Perfect. Sounds like fun. Daniel, see you next week. Have a great week, man. Have an awesome one.